Hi everyone, and welcome back to the fourth episode of Bold, a bouldering podcast. The fear of failure, an omnipresent phenomenon that seems to haunt not only climbers, but humans in general, and maybe even the odd cat or dog. It's a subject that I personally have some experience with. As a climber, I felt it recently when getting back on the wall after resting for a whole month due to an injury. And today, I'm feeling it when trying to write the script for this episode. Now, where does this fear come from and how can we deal with it? I'll tackle the following subjects. First, are you afraid of failure? Second, why are we afraid and what exactly are we afraid of? And last but not least, how to fail. Before we dive into it, I'd like to thank my listeners again. I'm really thankful for all your support. And if you have any questions or suggestions, feel free to contact me at boldbouldering on Instagram. And now, leave your fear at the doorstep and let's get on with it. Chapter 1. Are you afraid of failure? A fear of failure manifests itself unconsciously, so how can you know if you're affected by it? I'll list a few examples of how this fear manifests itself in climbers. And if you feel one, a couple or all statements hit some strings with you, then you're probably dealing with fear of failure. You feel uncomfortable bouldering with bystanders around. You get attached to certain routes or styles of climbing not trying the routes you want to do because you want to feel fitter for them. You get frustrated and angry with your own climbing performance. You get stressed out when thinking or talking about time-framed climbing goals. And how did you do? It also might help to find a friend that's good at being objective and doesn't mind being a bit harsh. Does he or she think you shy away from challenges out of fear? Now that we know if we're afraid of it, let's move on. Chapter 2. Why are we afraid and what exactly are we afraid of? Failure is a threat. That's exactly what our brains are telling us before, during and after we fail. The fear of failure, just like any other fear, activates an old and essential part of our mammal brain, the limbic system. It's in charge of our emotions, memories, but also our motivation and behavior. Now, it isn't unique to humans, though. All mammals rely on this system for self-preservation, and without it, survival would be impossible. And your brain processes failure in the same way it would process a bear attacking you. It doesn't get a separate treatment for purely sociocultural or emotional fears. It passes through the same system as real-life endangering threats. And this explains why failure feels so intense and why so many of us don't want to deal with it. It also results in that familiar, sudden dropping feeling you get. Excessive sweating and tense muscles. Fear of failure, if you boil it down, results in shame and a fear of identity loss. It's when you fail the perception you have of yourself changes. You thought you were capable, but you weren't. 
So you don't want to fail because you don't want to deal with the feeling of a broken identity. And on top of that, when you fail in a public setting, you feel as if the perception other people have of yourself changes for the worse and you feel shamed. If you feel bad about your actions, you're experiencing guilt. If you feel bad about your efforts, you're experiencing regret. But if you feel bad about who you are as a person, you're experiencing shame. This makes shame a psychologically toxic emotion. So when you fail in public, questions such as the following start coming up. Will I still be a good climber if I don't top this route, this session? Will other people or my friends still see me as a good climber when I fail this route? And let's learn how to deal with these thoughts and feelings of inadequacy. Chapter 3. How to fail. There are a lot of strategies to deal with failure. Acceptance, indifference and being bold in the face of failure makes up part of them. Failure is essential to progress. We tend to forget this. But everyone who learned to walk has probably fallen more than a thousand times and never did we think that that meant we weren't capable of doing so. Neither did our parents or older siblings see us as less of a person because of it. Success demands failure. In the case of bouldering, we're trying to succeed in personal challenges, hard climbs or reaching a new level of fitness. So it is normal for us to fail when trying to reach these goals. If we wouldn't fail at first and immediately succeed, the challenge wasn't a true challenge and you surely didn't reach a new level of fitness. But to put it simply, mastery takes time and effort, both of which can be translated into attempting the thing you want to master. Avoiding attempts and failure limits us from new experiences and teaches us nothing new. A general lesson here is the following. If you want to do something, and you think you don't do it out of fear, you have all the more reason to actually do it. So when you arrive at the gym, try to look forward to climbs that challenge you and make you fail. If you want to push your limit, you'll want to look for climbs that throw you off on the first move, but feel as if you could get it after some tries. And these tries implicate failure, of course. Now when you fail on that first move, pay attention to how you fail. Where was the weakness in your solution to the problem? Did your left foot slip? Maybe you didn't grab the next hold in the right way. A drop knee might help. There's so much you can learn from failing. And again, it might help to have a friend around who can observe how you're failing exactly. So be comfortable failing. And not only that, expect it and look forward to it. Because hard climbs are hard. And nothing is going to change that. Just like learning to walk, a hard climb takes consistency in practice. Another way to deal with failure is indifference. A fear of failure makes us worry about aspects of reality over which we don't have any control. And this doubting and fearing over uncontrollable things actually increases your risk of failure. A big part of this is the opinion of other climbers around you. First of all, they probably aren't paying as much attention to your performance as you think. 
just like you. They're focused on their own performance, and they might actually be in the same boat as you, fearing that you'll look down on them once they fail. Also, the climbers around you most definitely get that failure is something necessary to grow, although they might not see this in their own performance. And most of all, the climbers around you aren't mean-spirited. Psychology actually tells us that most people tend to be more mean-spirited and critical towards themselves than towards others. Maybe we shouldn't shy away from being kinder to ourselves. It's not a weakness and a very valuable skill to have. Being indifferent towards the opinion of others takes time, practice and a lot of conscious thought. And the first step is acknowledging that you're afraid of the opinion of others. The second step is catching those thoughts and when they come up, rationalizing them with the knowledge you've gained earlier. The people around you aren't mean-spirited towards you and they probably want to support you in your attempts. And the third step is doing what you were afraid to do and failing with a smile. Now, The final strategy that I'll talk about today is goal versus process-oriented climbing. Now, most people are goal-oriented. They set out to reach a goal. It's not that they don't care about how they get there, but the reaching of the goal itself is the most important aspect. An example of this would be a motivated climber going to the gym and setting a goal of climbing every new route that has been set. Now, they don't really care if they get the correct beta or climb in a fluid way. They just want to reach that top hold, and once that is done, they get a short boost of adrenaline, and on to the next route they go. And if they don't reach that top hold, they fail. When you're climbing with this goal-oriented outlook on your performance, you're spending a lot of mental energy, focus, and time on a number or level of difficulty. And this doesn't help to optimize your performance. The other option is to climb process-oriented. Instead of focusing on reaching that top hold, your focus is on the movement, so your awareness is in the moment itself. Controlled movement, conscious problem-solving, and most of all, enjoying your climbing are a much better focus for your mental energy than reaching a top hold. And if you're so afraid of failure, not enjoying your climbing itself could be seen as the biggest failure in being a good climber. It's not the case that when you climb process-oriented, you shouldn't set a goal at all. Set a goal, but make sure you can reach it. And your biggest goal every session should be to climb process-oriented. In practice, it would go like this. So you're cycling towards the gym and thinking about your session. Hmm. Today, I really want to climb that route I've been working on, and I think it might be nice to also try out that new climb my friend told me about. Most of all, I'd like to enjoy my climbing today and maybe find something to fail at. It could be really educative. Now, this, of course, is a simplification of your thoughts before a session, but I think you get the gist of it. The focus is on attempting the climb, not finishing it, just enjoying it. The best thing about bouldering in this process-oriented way is that you'll probably reach that top hold faster. Since reaching that hold is a byproduct of the process below, 
Optimizing that process will help you the most in getting there. It's about the journey, not the destination. So to sum it all up, worrying about or fearing failure won't help you in reaching your goals. It'll only hold you back. And the path towards fearlessness takes time. But don't be afraid. Fear doesn't last forever. And that's it for today. I hope you got something out of this episode and that you're ready to fail a bunch of times in your next session. If you want to read more about the mental aspect of climbing, check out Maximum Climbing by Eric Hurst. And 9 out of 10 climbers make the same mistakes by Dave McLeod. Next episode will be released on Friday the 13th of March. I'm thinking about doing some kind of biography on John Gill. If you'd enjoy this, feel free to send me a message on Instagram at boldbouldering. I'll see you then. Yeah.